team tonight. Come on, let's give these guys some, some appreciation tonight. Yeah. Mem, would you take your Bibles with me, and I want you to go over to uh, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, uh, the 14th chapter tonight. You're turning there. Uh, now, some of you may have come tonight expecting a uh, the, the trauma support group, it's actually starting next, uh, next Wednesday, next Wednesday. And so if you'd like to participate, just come next Wednesday. And then Clayton, uh, I believe, we're, is going to meet over next door in the FLC uh, down the hall there. And so you can go directly to there if you want to come to worship and then go. You're welcome to do that as well. Also, there's going to be a marriage enrichment class at the very end of this month. That's going to be April 24th. I hope you've noticed that there's a bucket out front. We're gathering uh, candy so that we can have a fun day with the kids, and that's going to be the Saturday before uh, Easter, or Resurrection Sunday. Also, uh, Friday night, uh, April the 8th, 7 p.m., the Flourish Ladies group is going to be here praying. Empty Nesters is meeting April the 9th at 5 o'clock over in the... FLC, all right, just make sure I got my announcement correct. Savvy Sisterhood, our ministry to single mothers, April 10th at 1 p.m. Also, North Texas Food Bank, be praying that the weather will hold till we finish. Somebody said there is expecting rain. We're still going ahead, and so uh, that'll be Tuesday, and we would appreciate your help. If you know somebody that uh, needs these resources, please send them our way. Also, men's retreat. The bus is leaving at 3 p.m. tomorrow. So if you want to ride the van, be here at 3 p.m. for men's retreat. Uh, if you haven't registered, you can register on site. No, no problem. I will tell you, you will be in with all of the other snoring bears. Okay. So uh, also, prayer will be dismissed, or let me just put it this way. Prayer will be in your homes Saturday, not here, because most of our guys are going to be gone uh, to men's retreat and then uh, also next door uh, there is some some groceries if anybody needs uh, Cheryl and some others will meet you over there right after right after uh, service uh, Sunday morning one last announcement then we'll go to the word my good friend as I said Sunday uh, Lonnie Harris is going to be here he's going to be doing a, a teaching and testimony during life class talking about um, how the Lord has used him in the gift of healing and many other of the gifts of the Spirit, but uh, he's going to be over in the FLC during at 9.30, and so if you're interested, please come, and then if you don't make that, I told him just to carry over at 10.30, and uh, he's going to be ministering the service. So, I want you to take your Bibles with me and go to 1 Samuel 14. And I, as you have noticed, because I've spent several several weeks now uh, talking about righteousness, uh, the Lord has just given this revelation of righteousness. And now as I look at the Word of God, I look at it entirely different. I look at it through the lens of righteousness. Now I've told you before, you gotta, you got to scratch out that uh, uh, man's definition of righteousness. Man's definition of righteousness always equates to something we do from the outside in. The righteousness of God comes from the inside out. It's, we're not working to righteousness, we're working from righteousness. Righteousness is, is as we ought to be. Jesus is not the example uh, for us, he's the example of us. And so righteousness is the ability to stand in the Father's presence without the sense of fear, condemnation, or inferiority. What it means to be righteous is 
we are God approved in Christ. We are God accepted in Christ. And when we get that beyond our mind and get it into our heart, it begins to change how we behave. It begins to change how we move. It begins to change how we approach life. So as we look here in 1 Samuel 14, I want to I look at this passage of Scripture, and, and I'll give Pastor Angel credit for just as we were standing in the doorway of my office, just uh, having a conversation, he brought up this passage, and, and in, that, in that conversation, revelation started flowing. And so I just want to, uh, I had something else in mind. I've got it simmering uh, maybe for a week or two. Uh, something else I was going to talk about, but this became so alive, I just want to share it with you tonight. First Samuel 14, this is Jonathan here, and it says, Now it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young men who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistine of the garrisons that is on the other side, but he did not tell his father. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Megram. Now let's jump down there. Let's look here uh, in verse 4. Now here is Jonathan. It says, between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side. The name of the one was Bozer, and the name of the other was Sina. The front faced northward opposite Michmash, and the other southward opposite Gibeah. So you got the, you see what's happening. There's a garrison, there's a fortified area where they're, they're, the Philistine army has gathered, and there's a great ravine, and then on either side, there's two enormous rocks, and those rocks have names we'll talk about in a minute. And Saul is camped out under a pomegranate tree on the other side, on the side of Gibeah. So now we see that Jonathan said to the young men, just Jonathan and his armor bearer, the man who bore his armor, he said, come, let us go over to the garrison of the uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord, the Lord will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving many or by few. Don't you like that attitude? God can use a lot or he can use a little, but the Lord can bring victory. Verse 7, so his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. Then Jonathan said, very well, let us cross over to these men. We will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say, to, say thus, come up to us, then we will go up. For the Lord has delivered them into our hand, and this will be the sign to us. So they both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of their holes where they have hidden. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan, the armor bearer, and said, come up to us and we will show you something. 
Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me. And the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. So Jonathan climbed up on his hands and his knees with his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan. And as he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. That slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men with, within about a half an acre of land. Now, we're going to look at this and the sign of victory, the sign of victory. There's many times, folks, that as we look at our circumstance, if we could reframe what we're looking at, in other words, if we could see it from heaven's side, from the completed work of Christ, if we could see it from a point of rest we'll talk about in just a moment, but if, if we could begin to envision our situation as the Lord envisions it and begin to face the circumstances, not in our own strength or our own might, but we begin to face our circumstances in the strength of God, our outcome will be different. Our, not only our approach, but our victory will change. Now, I want you to look here because many times as we look at the Word of God, things are not always obvious. So we see the path of victory is sometimes hidden. The path of victory is sometimes hidden. Now, notice there in verse 4, in the name of the one was Bozer, and the name of the other was Sina. And they both faced northward opposite of Mishmash. Now, this place that Jonathan is at is actually known as the path of Mishmash. Now, Mishmash means hidden. It means hidden. Those are, there's a path of victory for you and I that sometimes is hidden to the naked eye. Now, Bozer, and I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right, but you can just bear with me as I brutalize these names. Bozer means a slippery slope. Anybody ever been on a slippery slope? There's a big rock creek. There's a big one side of the, of the, of the ravine that they're looking at, the, the canyon that they're looking at. One side, they, they just called it. Somebody must have slipped and fell that one day, and they decided to call it slippery slope. So you get it, you get the vision. Well, the other side is is Sina. And Sina means one of two things. It can mean thorny bush, or it can mean literally enemy. So what we have here is we have on one side a slippery slope, and we have on the other side, we have an enemy. We have a, a, a thorny hedge. Where did thorns come from? Did they come from heaven? No. Thorns come from where? They come from the, the, they came after the fall of man. So could we not say that the enemy uses sin and thorns represent the outburst and the outcome of sin? And the only crown that Jesus wore on earth as the physical man, what did he wear? He wore a crown of Thorns because he was taking the curse of sin upon himself? 
So what we have here is a somewhat of a hidden path to victory. Because not everybody wants to go through the path of a slippery slope and where the enemy is lodged. Come on. In fact, we're taught run from the battle, find a safe place and hold out there and let the, let the enemy pass you on by. That comfort is the measure of victory in our Western Christianity. The more comfortable you are, the more victorious you are. But you can't hardly take ground that way, can you? Signs of victory, a sign of victory. Now, the Bible tells us in Luke, the 10th chapter, let's just go ahead and I'm just going to read this to you. You, you hold on and, um, and take it in today. It says, the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Don't you know we still have the, have the authority to trample on scorpions and upon serpents? You know, I thought about something in prayer today. I just want to do a little side note. You know, the Bible says that you will, as the Lord brought the judgment upon the enemy, he said you're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. Now, I believe the heel of Jesus was healed, but I believe the devil had a permanent migraine. Come on, come on. There's a headache he will have for all of eternity because there's no healing afforded to him. Why is he so mad? Because he's got this chronic headache he's dealing with because the Son of God stomped his head. Amen? Just a little, just a little food for thought there. And over all the power of the enemy, folks, that hasn't changed. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. Rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And that the hour Jesus rejoiced, he rejoiced in the spirit. He rejoiced in the spirit and he said this, I thank you, Father. Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent, but revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seems good in your sight. So there's a path of victory. It seems to be hidden. It's a hidden path. And if we just look at the, 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 the names there, that, that path of of, of hiddenness and we look here and this is the path that Jonathan's seeking to go but see that before he can take that first step it says there in verse 11 so both of them showed themselves anybody in this house want victory now I'm not just talking about a feel-good kind of thing I'm not just talking about you know, come and just just feel that overwhelming sense of, 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 of just temporary joy. You know, there's a lot of things in the world that give you temporary moments of satisfaction, then it'll cost you something in the end. I'm talking about freedom. I'm, I'm talking about challenging the, 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 the things that, that the enemy wanted to put on you. 
the brokenness that's on the inside of you, the dysfunction that you grew up in, the voices that were spoken over you, the things that the enemy meant to destroy you with. I want to take every single one of them and I want to lay them at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord God, I just want to be free. Now, Lord, I want to be an instrument in your hand. And I want to go, God, if it's just me and one other, or if you want to take a whole church along with us. My God, I want to see freedom in me and I want to fight for the freedom of others. I want not just me to come out of hiding. I want everybody Lord God, that hears the voice of the Spirit to come out of hiding. See, the first step of victory is you got to, they came out and showed themselves. Look, devil, here I am. That's what they're saying. Philistines, here I am. Enemy, here I am. Here I am right here. I'm out of hiding. You can't torment me with the things that you've been tormenting me with because I beat you to the chase. I'm just going to bring them out here and expose them. I'm going to expose my weakness. I'm going to expose my insecurity. I'm telling you, I had such liberty a year ago, uh, last year, I believe it was, when I began to share not just portions of my story, but my whole story. I began to tell people about uh, all the things that I'd gone through and all the things that I'd suffered from. Uh, and I want you to know, uh, when I laid it all out there in the open, wait a minute, now God is going to use that to bring victory. See, it's when you try to keep it hidden that you stay bound. So let me ask you again, do you want to be free? Well, I, 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 wait, 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 preacher, wait, wait, just a minute, wait, just a minute. I want to be, I want to be, I want to be somewhat free. I, I want to have a control over, over my thing. I, I want my thing to be my thing, and I'm going to control it the way I want to control it. That's not going to be freedom. You got to get that thing all the way out in the open and let everybody in the whole wide world see it. And then be okay with it. And then just say, oh, it's all right. You're not the only one. Because what we found out in verse 22 is that when Jonathan came out of hiding and victory was won, guess what? The people that were hiding in the rocks, I believe it was the tribe of Ephraim, they came out of hiding as well. After I shared my story, I can't tell you the number of people that came up and said, that happened to me, that happened to me, that happened to me. Guess what? There's a liberty begins to take place. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the sexual abuse that I've, I've suffered as a child. I've always told people about my father committing suicide and told people about my, my mother's mental illness and, and trying to balance dysfunction to function and trying to wade through the boundaries of, 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 of those emotions and, and all of that, those things that, that happen to you. But let me tell you, I'm not going to let the enemy have one more moment, not one more instant in my life. Now it belongs to God. Because I bring it in, I put it out there, and I don't try to normalize dysfunction. I want dysfunction to disappear. Amen? So as we look here to the word of the Lord, the first thing, the first step to victory is you got to get out in the open. You got to get out in the open. You got to let your heart be seen. Ministers of the gospel, hear me. 
People are not interested in how eloquent you may be able to speak. Though I believe you need to perfect your craft as much as possible. I believe you need to work on, on a, lot, a lot of different things with your presentation so it doesn't distract. But let me tell you, God's not looking for great orators. He is the great orator. He's looking for an authentic vessel that he can pour his spirit through. So if he can have an authentic vessel that he can pour his spirit through, he can now entrust those he trusts. Because they're not after any other thing but the glory of the Father. And if he can pour through you, what, he, what you need is a revelation of who he is and what he has done. Now, all of a sudden, things begin to change, and your focus is not on how you look, but how you represent him and the authenticity of who he is in you. Thing nine-tenths of the Bible is getting out in the open. Get in the open. Get all the way out in the open. Just, you want to be free, you got to get in the open. As we look here to the word of the Lord, I want, you to, I want you to see something. This is, this is almost comical. Made me laugh. This is what the revelation that came out of the conversation. It says there, he said that uh, we're going to go show ourselves. And now in verse 11, we, we see that there was a, they showed themselves and said, what is the sign what, what was the, what's the sign we're going to use that God is going to bring victory? What's the sign? I'll tell you what, just you and I, we're not telling Dad, because Dad, he may try to talk us out of it for some religious reason or not. <laughs> Might impose a fast that, anyway, we'll get into that later. Or, you know, Dad may say, this is too dangerous, son, you don't need to go. So we'll just ask for forgiveness instead of per permission. So his armor bearer said, I'm good, I'm good. You're good, I'm good. Thank God for that no-name armor bearer. <laughs> I'll go where you go. I'll do what you do. You want to die today? Let's go die today. Okay, let's go. Whatever you say, Jonathan. We're, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. So, so he's there. He says, all right. I don't know if maybe he got knocked in the head from the previous battle or not because it doesn't make a lot of military sense. He said, this, this is what we'll do. We'll go expose ourselves, and when we get the exposure out there and they see us, this will be our sign. If they say to us, wait there, we'll come down to you, then we'll fight the best we can. Maybe Dad will join us. He doesn't say that, but I'm just thinking, I'm just reasoning. That wasn't their sign. He said, this will be the sign that the enemy will invite us to fight against them. Hmm. Remember I told you, let's reframe this thing? Jonathan's sign was Go to battle against the enemy. You're not getting the revelation yet. 
This is how we will know that God will deliver us to victory is if there is a battle that ensues. Wait, Lord, let the, let Lord God, let there, let there be an, an overwhelming knowing, Lord God, that, Lord, the sign is just perfect peace in every situation. And, Lord, there is no struggle whatsoever. You just sit down and just rot because you're going nowhere. Because let me tell you, folks, the sign that God has delivered is when the enemy rears his fat, ugly head and he starts barking at the doors of destiny. I say to you, it's time we start reframing this thing. That we're not off, we're on. Oh, Father, let me have the articulation just in this moment to express what you're trying to say. Folks, let me tell you, every time that we start taking ground, every time that we start advancing the kingdom, every time that there's a new ministry beginning to form, every time God reaches down and pulls someone up out of that miry clay and gets their feet planted on the rock, every time that wall begins to come together, let me tell you, the enemy starts to feel threatened. And the church backs away thinking they're doing something wrong. My God in heaven, if you're in a battle, it is a sign. Don't make me come to that back row back there. <laughs> this is the sign that there's a battle. If there's a battle, Jonathan said, oh man, now we know God is on our side. If we sit and wait on him, we wait on the enemy because there's a big mindset. We just we don't disturb the enemy. We just gonna sit and wait on him. Maybe he will be. Maybe he will defer. Maybe he will say, "Not today." Let me tell you, you can't find victory and get other people out of hiding until you come out of hiding. And when you come out of hiding, now you are threatening the enemy's camp. And now he's like, oh, I'm going to fight you tooth and toenail. I'm going to stop everything that I can. I'm going to throw everything I got at you. But Jonathan said, bring it on because it makes me no difference. Because the battle, the Lord can win with the many or he can win with just a little. I've said this repeatedly. I'll say it again. Nehemiah positioned his men upon the wall. With one hand, they had the trial, and the other hand, they had the sword. Folks, we'll never have a building without a battle. As long as we're here on this earth, there's going to be a battle that we're going to have to win through the victory of Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen? But folks, we didn't call to sit upon and wait on the enemy and wonder what he's going to do. It is time that we advance in the kingdom of God. Now, I am probably a remedial, kindergarten-level chess player. Any chess players in the house? I started playing my son at chess whenever chess, when he was little. And then about 11 years of age, he became a challenge. And I was like, I need to watch what I'm doing here. 
Now he wants to play me because he knows he can take dad and beat me like a drum. He, he's a strategist. He watches it online. But this is one thing that I taught him about chess. Any chess players? Any chess players? One, two, three. Here's the key to chess. You always have to be advancing. You always have to be the aggressor. If you ever start backing up, the game is over. You are going to lose. You have to always keep that other person defending their territory. And the Lord was showing me this in prayer today. That's how we defeat the enemy. We don't wait on him, and we don't take a defensive posture. We step out in an offense and say, oh, no. Oh, I see the darkness in me. God, let your light come. Lord, I feel the insecurity coming on. Oh, there's a battle ensuing. We're going to get over this thing. Now, I'm not asking you to do something I'm not asking God to do for me. There's been some spirits that have hovered around the dysfunction that you came out of. It's time that you stop putting up with that and start allowing God to challenge you, not somebody else, challenge you, to bring you into agreement with God. Not to live in a place of hiding but live in a place of trust in the Lord. See, if you will do that, you'll stop blaming others for the reason that you cannot have victory. You, you'll, you'll stop looking at the circumstance as being the source of your frustrations. And boy, you'll start to look to God and say, wait a minute, Lord, there's a battle, so you must be planning a deliverance for me. What is it I can't see that you see in me? What is it, Lord God, the enemy is wanting to use against me that, Lord, you want to take out of me? Because, Lord, there wouldn't be a battle unless you planned on delivering me. Come on now. Because this is a sign that God is on the move. I had someone tell me, close, close family member, there was a whole list of things that were happening as they broached the subject. How are you doing? I said, well, we got this and that and this and this, this, this and that. It's been a long while back. And they said, man, you must be doing something wrong. I said, no, 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 no. I'm doing everything right. Come on. I didn't say I am right in everything, but I'm, I'm on the right path. <laughs> because there's giants standing in my way. <laughs> you see, those giants are not political opposition. They're not some other denomination. There's not some other religious world view that is out there. The giants that we face are internal. It's the dysfunction, the insecurity. It's the absence of freedom. It's the hiding. It's the fear. It's the guilt, the shame, the remorse, the regret. All of those areas that the enemy would love to use to stop you the very signs that God has you on the right path so that you can walk in freedom. I wish I was more proficient at it. Amen. I, I, I wish I could recognize it earlier, but you know, there's, you, you, you trudge along and you just learn to walk and you learn to walk and you walk up against the opposition and against the opposition and against the opposition and you get used to it. 
And then one straw too many on the camel's back, and all of a sudden you feel yourself fall to your knees. Amen? Those frustrations that you're feeling right now are not of God, but they are for your victory. They are for your victory. Come on, church. What's the sign? Come up to us. Now, the position of victory. Like, Jonathan, why didn't you tell them if they come over, I'll be waiting on you? No. He said, this is what we're going to do. As the enemy says, come on, come on. Now, as a military strategist, through my years of movie watching, I understand this principle about warfare, and that's about the extent of my warfare knowledge. Is that whoever has the elevation has the advantage. I've, got, I've heard my military experts just confirm that. And I mean that seriously. So Jonathan is saying, this is what we're going to do. We're going to slide down the slippery slope. And we're going to go up the thorny hedge, the, the face of the enemy. And we're giving them the advantage of the upper ground. And the Bible says they crawled up their rock climbing. If you ever get a, if you look it up, you can see the images. It's literally rock faces that come down. So they're climbing up the rock face. Now the enemy, if he was smart, he could have just dropped something on their head. But the enemy was overconfident because I believe that they were waiting and God was preserving because all they had to do was look over the edge and throw something down and knock Jonathan and his armor bearer off. But see, the, 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 the Lord can, he can make the, such the arrogance of the enemy be his very, uh, very downfall. Because he was like, a, you know, it's like Goliath never drew his sword. I, I don't know, it's because David was so fast with the stone, or, or he just thought, I don't need the sword to kill David. I'll just choke him with this left hand, this pink in that thumb. Surprise, surprise, as he's dropping like a timber. Another story for another day. But here's Jonathan, he's crawling up on his hands and knees. Now he's put himself, see, the position of victory. The enemy seems to have the upper hand. He has placed himself in a position of vulnerability. Nobody likes to feel like they're vulnerable, do they? I'm vulnerable. You know, many times a relational restoration comes when one person will simply make themselves vulnerable. So here, he's on his way up. Now, it's going to take a little bit of effort and exertion to crawl up that rock. So he's given the enemy the advantage of the elevation. He's put himself in a position of vulnerability. And now there is he is so much outnumbered. We know it's at least 10 to 1. 
because 20 of them are going to drop. But what we see is when he crawls up on, the, on there, he's, he's not starting from a place of physical rest. He's exerted himself. But when you get to the place where you are exhausted, you leave off of your physical exertion, and now you tap in to the rest in God. See, he says here, this will be the sign. And when they say it, Jonathan said to him, come up with me, because now we know God has delivered the Philistines, not delivering. I'm not waiting on the deliverance. I have been delivered from this circumstance. Well, he hadn't even gone to battle. Makes me no difference. Jesus went to battle 2,000 years ago, and when he rose, I rose with him and seated at the right hand of the Father. And now I know when I'm in a battle, I need not worry because God has delivered me. See, the strength of your deliverance is not your strength. It's not your strength. He comes up on the other side. I love how Angel demonstrated this standing in my office door. He said, Jonathan was hitting him, and then the armor bearer was slaying him. And he stood there for a minute. Jonathan was hitting him, and the armor bearer was slaying him. I was like, yes. But let me tell you, after he took about 20 of them out, I don't know if the Lord was stomping his feet because he was happy. I don't know if it was just a clap, but there was an eruption on that strong hillside because the advantage that he, Jonathan, had given up in the natural because it made no sense to make yourself vulnerable. The world tells you you've got to get to the top and you've got to maintain and make sure nobody gets up there with you. You need to let your pride be your guide. But no, Jonathan said, no, I'm going to crawl my way to victory. I'm going to get up on the other side. I'm going to crawl, and when I stand up, it will not be my strength. It'll be God's strength. And when I get up, when I go after the enemy, it will not be me going after him. I'm just the instrument. It's the righteousness of God. It's the righteousness of God. Watch out. I've got the righteousness of God on my side. I'm divinely approved in Jesus. I'm divinely accepted. I am as I ought to be. Oh, you, all of the battles are not mine. I learned fencing watching TV too. What's the sign? If you're in a battle, that's a clear sign. Anybody in a battle tonight? Oh, it's God's not mad at you. God's not mad at you. No, he's delivered you. Wait a minute, the enemy's still there. You just need to inform him of what's about to happen. Don't even bother talking to him. Just take his head off. Just knock him down. Your armor bearer will take care of the rest. And as soon as you get finished, what you'll find is God is on your side. Amen.
who would have ever thunk? I don't know if you can translate that, Giselle, but who would ever think that God could take you from where you were at and bring you up and shake you off and reach in and pull out everything that the enemy meant for evil and bad and take you from that addiction of the world and put in a confidence in God and set your feet up and say, now I need you to do something for me. Be brave enough to come out of hiding. What are people going to think about me? They're going to think, thank God somebody has shown the way. What are they going to think about me? What if they think evil of me? Then they're probably still in bondage. What if you just step up. I'll get into it. I want to go to prayer right now. Because there's victory in this house. There's victory right now. As we lay hands, this, God is going to move on you. There's going to be a, a, a glorious exchange of where you're at to where you need to be. There's going to be some steps that you begin to take. And those steps are not going to lead you back into comfort. Oh, God, let's appoint, a, let's appoint a leader and let's head back to Egypt. That'll never, ever, ever, never work. God parted the Red Sea to bring you through. He's not going to part the Red Sea to take you back. You're going to drown on your way back or you're going to die in the wilderness because there's not going to be godly provision for you if you turn and go back. There's no happiness in those years gone by. I don't care how glorious the enemy tells you, how glorious it was in all the good old days. I don't long, Dennis, I don't long for the good old days because they were not very good to me. You know what I'm talking about. Let me tell you, the, the good days are now and ahead. The good days are what God is doing right now. You can't go back. Why not go on? Why not just get up from where you're at, stop pointing the finger of blame at everybody else. I can't have victory. I can't have victory. I can't have victory. That song and dance is over. The fiddler's been paid. He's on the road. Stop. Time to get up and say, Lord, what is it in me you want to bring victory to? You know what will happen? You'll stop labeling people. You'll stop You'll stop segregating people. You will stop fearing people. Why? Because you're free. You're free. You're free. There's freedom in this house. If you say, God, I need breakthrough now, don't wait on somebody else. Get up and get down here right now. If you can stand, stand. If you need to kneel, kneel. But God is going to bring a breakthrough in this place right now. The worship team that are able are making their way up to the front. But I believe with all of my heart, God is moving in this place. Lebro Father, we glorify your name. We magnify your name. Lord, we see today, right now, Lord, in this moment, Lord God, victory, Father, victory, Lord. Lord, 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sitter de Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let's sing that last song that Jesse was leading. Let's sing that one. Come on, come on, come on. I'm going to give a few more minutes, a few more moments right now. Come on, come on. Begin to step in, begin to move in. Oh, you already delivered. If you're in a battle, it's a sign that God has already delivered you. Child of God, reach out, reach out, reach out, reach out and trust. Reach out and trust right now. Hallelujah. Lance, where you at? I need you to help me tonight.